Hello, welcome back to the ASAP Weekly Pokemon Podcast. I'm joined today by Matt. How's it going, Matt? Good, thank you. Yourself? Uh, I, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Yeah, I've been playing a lot of uh, Pokemon Sun and Moon. Maybe a lot. Not a lot. A lot might be stretching, but I've been playing some. I've, I've I kind of restarted the game and started playing it a little bit. Um, but good to refresh. Uh, yeah, it's good to refresh. We'll get to Sun and Moon. No worries. It's just Tristan wasn't able to make it today, and we thought we'd do a general episode in the interim. I think. I think this might be kind of the formula going forward because I like to keep releasing it on a kind of this two week schedule. Um, but if there's, you know, on that two week schedule, Tristan's like, hey, listen, I, I can't make it this week. Um, we'll 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 have some other topic to talk about, not necessarily the next in the main uh, franchise or main line. Of I mean, games. heck, I was able to talk for 20 minutes on caves. I think we can figure out some things to talk about. <laughs> no for sure for sure and i think especially as as we're going i think we'll have a very busy period where where these kind of off episodes will be nice as we look at the new games and stuff and talking about those so i'm definitely excited uh for those coming up i kind of i mean this may be a side tangent but i kind of feel like all the big updates and stuff for all like the the you know games that i'm following are all happening at the same time <laughs> so it's september is <laughs> going to be a busy month yeah, September, October, November, like those three months feel like they will be packed with new game stuff. So I'll uh, I'll be sure to stay on top of it, right? Oh, definitely. Um, yeah, so today uh, we're, we're going to jump right into it. Um, well, we have a topic that I think we touched a little bit upon in the first kind of our general discussion that we talked about, but I'd like to kind of nail down the core elements of what makes like a a main la- a main line or, or main part of the Pokemon series game, what makes it what it is, right? What are some core elements that have to be there, right? Where if these are taken away, if these are put away, you'd kind of be like, oh, this this doesn't feel like a main Pokemon game, you know, where where those things could really change it. So I want to nail those down. Um, I mean, I feel like we could even stretch it to uh, what makes a Pokemon game a Pokemon game because nobody says like, you know, Pokemon Ranger isn't a Pokemon game or uh, Pokemon Mystery Dungeon. That's not a Pokemon game. Well, so I think there's some elements hmm. that we can kind of draw on for what makes a Pokemon game a Pokemon game. Well, okay, it's interesting that you're going to take in that direction because for me, I feel like the mainline games have a very much a formula. And oh, I, I guess I, I guess I wanted to kind of see if there are certain things you can take away, or there's certain things that are like absolutely necessarily for that formula to stick. Um, but I'm definitely interested to hear if you have. Maybe, maybe you can start the show by like, is there some kind of core element that you feel kind of goes through the all the games, right? Not just the mainline series. I think that there are two really key elements that go across the franchise to differentiate from the series this is the franchise that is pokemon and i think the first is progression okay um there's always a sense of progression you don't start as the very best like no one ever (laughs) was you always want to be the very best and i think that's a very key thing for pokemon you never it go, harkens back to its roots as like a, uh, it is a JRPG at its heart, um, and you have yes. levels and you have progression. You start, and 
with uh, Pokemon in particular, you have evolutions. So your Pokemon visually progress, which is uh, something that you don't really see in a lot of contemporary JRPGs. You know, um, in Final Fantasy VI, you'll have uh, the you, you'll be playing as King. I think his name is Edward. Um, okay. He looks the same at level one, <laughs> and he does at level ninety nine. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's not entirely sure get, like... how he became king at like level three, but uh, you know he really like he learns on his feet. Uh, <laughs> but uh, no, with Pokemon, you know you ca- you catch a uh, Pidgey on Route One, and uh, you level it up, and as it levels up, it changes and becomes more fierce and powerful. You have mm. that sense of progression. <sighs> Um, it's, I think it's part of the reason why a lot of the more popular Pokemon tend to be the ones that evolve. Like there's a lot of Pokemon that don't have any evolution, but I feel like those are slightly less popular. That's not to say they don't have their, the people who love them, but the real key is that evolution. Yeah. Yeah. I think like, you know, obviously legendaries are in their own little box and category, but, um, yeah, no, that's definitely interesting. Uh, I, I think that kind of progression, there is there's something to playing a Pokemon game where I was looking at that progression aspect. And what was the second thing that you might have thought of? Uh, the yeah. second thing that um, I think is really key to making a Pokemon game a Pokemon game is uh, variety in... Because, huh. like... Even in the first game, there's 150 different Pokemon. And to put that into JRPG terms, it's 150 playable characters. Ah, okay, okay. They have all their own stats and progressions. They learn different moves. They have their own abilities. And even ones, you know, even uh, not all Pikachu are born equally. Some have better (laughs) IVs. You'll EV train some of them better. Um... You can give it that uh, held item that makes Pikachu into an actually powerful Pokemon, <laughs> uh, like Thunderball or something like that. Yes. Um, yes. But, uh, you know, you don't have to play as Pikachu. You don't have to play, like, you know, they give you, you one choose. of three you starters. You don't choose. have to mm. play with your starter. Mm-hmm. So it's it's that variety in the sense of, like, Let's just say you played the game a hundred times. Every time you played it, you could definitely have a different set. You of could Pokemon have a completely yeah. different team. Exactly. Nobody yeah, yeah. plays Pokemon with the same team. So you end up with, by the end of the game, your team reflects your playstyle. Mm. And it is your team. Um, yeah, so because, that personalized element is definitely a, a big key, is what you're saying. Yeah, you know, if you go into like the competitive uh, point of view, you know, you're going to have a lot of uh, a lot of EV tuned uh, Landoruses and whatnot, and you know, those start to get a bit homogenous. But in typical play uh, scenarios nobody is going to have the very same Infernape that you do. Yeah. And I, I, well, I mean, I guess Eevees and Ivies, like that whole idea that 
every Pokemon is unique. I think it's a great touch. It's kind of lost on me sometimes, I think. Oh, yeah. No, like it's way too it's way too (laughs) opaque. Um, You know, we rag on it. I will say it is the meaning behind it is very good. Mm -hmm. It's way too opaque for what it is. Um, and, uh, same with Ivy's, uh, cause everyone's just going to want to have as many perfect Ivy's as they can, because why wouldn't you? Um, <laughs> but like, if you're not, if you're not plugged into competitive, nobody knows what an Eevee or Ivy is in casual play. No, for sure. For sure. Um, okay. That's actually, okay. I, that's some great takes cause it's stuff that I think we've mentioned or that we've talked about, but I haven't really kind of thought of them as core elements of the game that differentiate it from other games. But I think variety kind of is, is definitely a great one. I'm definitely, um, what's the word? I definitely uh, see that as a unique one because there's a lot of games that you don't really have variety. I think progression is a little more common in games. This the sense of progression. The sense progression of, is you know, common in games, but I feel like character. Your specific character sometimes it's like. By the end of the you game, you personally <laughs> don't progress. The, just the player stats, character really, walks yeah. out. Like, I mean, later games have added customization, but um, for the most part, you walk out wearing uh, your adventuring gear and th- maybe you get running shoes. That is the end of your personal um, growth as a character. Mm hmm. And then the, the bike, the bike is a big step. <laughs> uh, fair. Um, um, but no, I, I completely agree, right? You you don't really have, yeah, like your personal character is, isn't that key, but it's the fact that all these Pokemon can, can evolve and change as it goes on. Yeah. And really that team, you know, there, these aren't, these aren't things in isolation, like, you know, you can't have it's not like oh it has progression it's a pokemon game but like <laughs> that progression with that variety mm, is i think putting unique. that together um cuz you know you have uh you run into a couple of different things in various gaming circles like uh um in total war 3 kingdoms Uh, there's a lot of very unique historical characters that are just kind of running around in, uh, War of the Three Kingdoms era China. And, uh, the community refers to collecting them all into your court as, you know, basically Pokemon, (laughs) uh, Pokemon hunting. Mm -hmm. But why do they do that? Because there's a lot of them. There's a huge variety. They are all very unique, have different play styles, have progression trees. They evolve and gain power. Uh, <laughs> and you go out and you collect them. Yeah, I, I, I think I think he makes some great points. I honestly did not think our our show would start this way, but you made me think about it certainly. Um, I guess I want to make mention while we're kind of here on the topic of general games, right? Um, I think there is another element which, which is is I I kind of want to hear your take on. Okay. Um, but I think this is a core element of not just the games, but definitely the 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 whole franchise as a whole. Is uh, could you get rid of Pikachu? Um, that's something that kind of 
I'm thinking about because like even with all this variety and even with this a sense of progression, I think they have this stable character which a lot of the franchise and, and the games especially have is marketed around. What what do you think of that? I feel like you could get rid of Pikachu, but you couldn't get rid of Charizard. <laughs> Wait, you think Charizard is a bigger draw than Pikachu? I mean, Game Freak certainly thinks so at times. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I think Game Freak is, is I, has I been trying to Pikachu. get rid of Pikachu for twenty years, but they haven't <laughs> succeeded. As, I don't think I don't remember Pikachu getting a single Mega Evolution. <laughs> I mean, listen, they they tried to make Raichu cooler, you know, <laughs> <laughs> surfing Raichu. Um, but no, I I think I think that's another core element is like a lot of people will always associate it with that Pokemon, and I think I think that's a Pokemon that like. I mean, I think the anime kind of is is the biggest culprit behind this, right? Yeah, oh, if it, definitely. If it wasn't so associated with Ash and Pikachu, like these are the two constants in whatever version of the anime you're watching, um, then you know, then then I don't I, think I still maintain Ash should have won uh, the X and Y uh, Pokemon League and, and then, then retired, and then yeah, you have a new great. character in Sun and Moon. Well, I I guess this is maybe one of the biggest things is that um, very much I, I feel like Game Freak and, and Pokemon General are are victims of their own success, you might say. Uh, where when there's something that works, they don't want to change it because they know it's going to continue to work. And I think maybe some of the core elements of these games has to do with that. Um, so for for what you mentioned, I mean, progression is always going to be there, and variety is always going to be there. So these are elements I think that are going to transcend no matter the generation. I think those are general things that they'll definitely continue. Um, I think Pikachu, will will see. I think it'll probably always be tied to the franchise, but they may um, at times go further and closer away from it. I mean, there are certain games that don't have Pikachu, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, but but I, I think... I'm it, pretty you know, sure? <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't remember it, but... Uh, you know, there is a nostalgia bit to Pikachu as well. Uh, maybe this is a good time. I, I kind of want to get into how I want to shape the show, so I'm gonna I'm gonna transition us into here because um, I, I I'm kind of curious of your takes um, of the core elements of the mainline games um, because when it comes to changing it or not changing it, I think they kind of run into the same problem where this formula has been so 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 successful that they don't want to touch it. You know, <laughs> like they are afraid to tweak anything too much. Like this base formula has to say so. Uh, I mean, oh, I'm okay. I'm going to yeah. make an argument right here. Yeah. Uh, do they need to change? You know, there's always this argument of like, oh, they're too afraid to change anything. But like, for some elements, do they need to change things? Well, that, that's what we're going to talk about. That actually, that's kind of how I want to do this. I'm going to give you some core elements, and I guess my question to you is: is one should this ever be changed? Right? Like, do they ever need to change this? And two, if they wanted to, could they change it? Okay, do you see kind of the two distinctions yeah. between the two there? So so one of them is going to be like, is is this good? Like, you know, is there ever a reason to actually change it? But the other one is, is like, if they wanted to, you know, yep. is that even possible? So the first of these, all right, and I, I think we'll probably agree on this one. Um, the starters, all right? This is a core element of all the games. You have three different starters, three different unique evolutions. They're kind of the, they, they kind of, I think, are the unique Pokemon that you associate with every game and they end up in most parties. I mean, very rarely I've had some runs where I will lose the starter at some point, but very rarely is your starting Pokemon kind of forgotten by the end. 
Um, yeah, do you think? Well, let's start with this. Uh, is there ever a reason to change this? <laughs> uh, I'm going to say yes, but not change it as to get a get rid of it. But change like the three, the three options. Yes, maybe. because they've always been fire, water, and grass. Mm-hmm. And I think they're running out of archetypes for those. <laughs> um, you know, firefighting became such a meme. Now, they they could have made a fire electric bunny. I'm just saying, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, like. I think they're starting to run out of ideas when chained to fire, water, and grass. Um, so you're saying if, I, if there is a possibility, it'd probably have to do more with, with the archetypes that they've set, as opposed to actually getting rid of the starters or or increasing or decreasing the size. Yeah, I think something could be said for making a, uh, I don't know, psychic dark fighting. Mm-hmm. Something I mean, where there's still the triangle, but but there's yeah, they, I I think it totally maybe not that. those exact three because fighting tends to be a uh, <laughs> secondary type. Uh, what, what as long as they have an equal yeah. kind of distribution, a similar distribution, like but yeah, as, uh, as long as they like counter each other, you know, that's exactly, the important like, part. But I think like that sort of change could be very welcome, and they could do some really interesting things with that. And and do you think people would welcome it? So this is kind of the second part of the question. Do you think that the the audience would be if the designs okay? are good? As long as the designs are good, they could kind of mix and match, choose a different type. You feel? I I feel like if they announced that they were changing the starter types and they were really cool designs, they'd have everyone on board immediately. Um. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. I think I think that's a very very fair case. Uh, we're going to move on to the second one here. The second one that I'm thinking of the, well, I mean, we'll, we'll probably talk about this on the sun and moon episode, but, uh, we can, we can talk about a little, little bit here. The eight gym badges, which is synonymous with Pokemon, the eight gym leaders. Um, is there ever a reason to change that? And should they experiment with, with that part of the game? <laughs> We're going to go into this more with our Sun and Moon episode, but I'm going to say, yes, there is a reason to change. Uh, I was getting far too static. Mm -hmm. I don't think what they did in Sun and Moon, we'll get into that in that episode in more detail. Uh, I don't think what they did in Sun and Moon was the best implementation. Um, Yeah, yeah. But it was starting towards a better idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I think for a lot of us, I mean, this is a weird thing that happens to me when I'm playing a lot of the Pokemon games is I go through, go through weird phases because there's a part of me that wants sometimes I want like new and uniqueness and, and, and change. And sometimes I want to like turn my brain off and go through the same formula. Is that weird? I don't know. Um, no, no, that's <laughs> in, that's entirely fine. Like it, there's a reason why the formula has lasted this long. And, and like, like I think there's a lot you, of really good stuff in there. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. And I mean, their creativity sometimes is like because they have this set formula, they don't have to worry about it and they can get creative with the gyms. And, and I think there's some really cool designs in the gyms. I, yeah, I think they really need to. 
they need to examine gyms because um you have things like uh and I, I I'm gonna avoid talking too much about Sun and Moon here, but you know, nobody says that Brock doesn't have a gym. <laughs> But Brock's gym consists of a straight line with two trainers and Brock. So, so, and so the question is, so what about that formula makes that a gym compared to, you know, shooting yourself with cannons around uh, uh, an area and uh, or working elevators well, okay. or You're comparing aligning the first gym dragons. Leader. No, no. But like... <laughs> If Brock's gym is valid as a gym, yeah. What what is the distilled essence that is there that makes it val- as valid as a gym as you know, like rearranging dragon statues? I guess. I guess. Yeah. To, this might be good to nail down. I think every single gym has some trainers that you will have to face before you get to the big bad, which is the boss. And all the mini puzzles are not existence of puzzles. Um, can be what it what it may, but the the only core element is there's some trainers you face, and then you eventually face that trainer, and they're all of one, and the big boss trainer, and they're all of one type. I think that's the only thing. The, yeah, the I th- the, pl- I th- uh, the forms the uh, <laughs> the I Plato think forms the of the key it. elements that make a good gym. In, yeah, and, and this is all my. I mean, this is all our opinions, of course. Um, of course. but the first and the biggest one is. The gym leader needs to be tough. Mm. Um, like, you know, going back to Brock, because again, simplest gym in the world. Um, if you're going in with Charmander because Charizard is awesome, <laughs> Brock will destroy you. Um, it sh- he showed everybody. He's like, yeah, you thought you were cool, Charmander? Get out of here. Yeah, like, you know, it's it's a it's a lot easier with Squirtle or uh Bulbasaur, but he's still a tough fight. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um and you know, you have things like uh I think it's Winona yeah. in Ruby and Sapphire with her art with her Altaria. Oh, it's yeah. like Dragon <laughs> Dance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that's that's the kind of thing I'm talking about. You know, if a gy- if you think of a gym leader and you think of a Pokemon it has, and you dread that Pokemon, that is a good gym leader. It doesn't need to be their whole team. You know, the whole. I'd be very disappointed if Winona came out and threw out five Altarias. <laughs> <laughs> it would be hard. It would not be a fun gym leader. Yeah, yeah. But, um, you know, give them competent teams with powerful Pokemon that you know you might dread and I think the other key element of a gym that a lot of the more complicated gyms kind of fail at is they need to not overcomplicate themselves they can have a gimmick Mm. they can have a gimmick but it sh- there shouldn't be, you know, faffing about. <laughs> so you sh- are you actually not a fan of the more creative ones then? 
I'm a fan of the creative ones when I'm not, you as know, as standing around watching cutscenes for 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a very fair point. So you're saying they have to get to the point. It can be creative, but eventually they essentially have to keep it. So it I, should I'm, be a gym challenge. And the thing being challenged should be the me versus the trainers and the puzzle, not my patience. Mm. <laughs> that, that's challenged a lot i think that's a lot of things that they place uh they they definitely play with in pokemon no but but kind of going back a little bit um i, I think that's a very fair point it, it's it's like i think it's a core element that's you know generally good it's good that there's some okay i have to get through these eight gyms and they progressively get harder and my pokemon need to level up as i go from gym to gym uh but i i think there's definitely a that one of the elements of gameplay that could be played with the most is probably the gym. I think it's probably one of the most open avenues of how do we switch up kind of the, the, the regular formula uh, and make it interesting. And so playing around with those gyms, you know, having, yeah, is eight the perfect number, (laughs) you know, Um, all all Um, things that could be played with. I mean, some ideas for how you could change things up a bit. Uh, you could turn gyms into actual like dungeons. You know, don't mm. have it as don't have the po. You know, we're still calling them gyms just for shorthand. But uh, you know, what if you have to like climb through a mountain dungeon with all the trainers who are uh, training under the uh, leader of the gym and so the top of the mountain. <laughs> Yeah, you have to get to the top of the mountain and then you face the gym leader up there. Well, I think that's a great point because they, they have these kind of dungeon areas in most of the games anyway, right? Where it's just like a tricky, treacherous way to get to the next stop, right? Yeah, um, then you then definitely you one get of them through could, there. You yeah. breathe uh, a nice sigh of relief. You go to the Pokemon Center. Yeah, uh, yeah. You get your nails done. You <laughs> go shopping and then you go and actually fight the gym leader. <laughs> But I, but I, yeah, but I think, I think that's, yeah, that's, I think that's a good point that you could, because in all these games, there's some sense of travel. So, um, having some of the gym leaders be part of that travel that you're traveling from city to city anyway, uh, it could be a nice touch. You could even, uh, set it up, you know, with something like you're climbing like a mountain through this whole dungeon area to, uh, face the gym leader. It doesn't, it, disincentivizes you from just going back to the Pokemon Center, healing up before the uh, gym leader, then going back with a fresh team. It's kind of like, you know, get your... Well, I I think you could even go further that you could make some of these challenges where you can't go back unless you, like, unless all your Pokemon faint and they have to restart. Like, I think that could be a thing. That could be a thing. What... Okay, here's a wild idea. You could do that optionally for extra money or something like that. Ooh, Ooh I like it. You know, I like it. or like, uh, you know, bring back the gym badge case. And uh, it, if you do, if you do it in hell march mode, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you get all the money you get from the trainer battles is doubled. Ooh. And you get a shiny gold. You get the shiny badge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
So not only collecting Pokemon shinies, you're also collecting uh, shiny badges. No, I, I think there's something to that, and I think maybe that's also another discussion is like having different levels of the game. Um, although, like ultimately, yeah, uh, you know, mm-hmm. as much as I'm an adult and I'm like I would like a challenge, these still need to be accessible to children. Yeah. So I think adding some extra difficulty, but also um making, making it optional, it optional. Mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. there's going to be kids who go out there they're like i'm gonna get that shiny badge and they're gonna uh show it off at the uh at the recess school, and everyone's gonna be like ooing, ooing and awing and that's perfect that's exactly what you want what you want yeah um, but it's not a thing that everyone has to do yeah, exactly yeah. great i think those are some great points uh okay continue on kind of with this theme uh uh what's it called the the league the the big league the the final league the is that ever going to change the elite four is that ever going to change should it ever change two questions it's hard to say there's something about the continuous like i think the the fact that there's a continuous line of trainers and you don't really get to heal up i think is actually a really good part of the game because it makes it feel so much more difficult than oh definitely than the, um, it's, it's especially oh, the first time i beat ruby like you know what i mean it was such a progression like yeah i'm, a, I'm also that. a big fan of uh the later games adding the ability to take the elite four in what order you want i disagree but that's no but oh, hold on i guess i don't disagree i think i like that but i think there was something special about like literally by the end by like by the third try you're like planning out every single trainer you know what i mean in the same oh, yeah. order um, I, I, kinda, I really i like i like the alternate order because uh it adds a bit of uh strategizing and uh you know i could take on this guy, this guy's <laughs> joke with my team. Like my team yeah. hard counters everything he's got. Do I want to take him on first? Or do I take him on last? Or do I Ooh. want to take him on last? Interesting. Or I, uh you know, point. this person just hoses me. So I'm gonna go after her, her first. Uh, because if I don't walk out of there in a good shape, I might as well just give up right there. Oh, so you can give up the run early almost. <laughs> yeah, you know. Instead of um, instead of going through three of them and then having to <laughs> Yeah. Um and then like always the champion last, of course. Of course. Of now course. I, while I'm singing the praises here, I do think that there is a possibility for change here. Mm-hmm. Because one of the problems that the Elite Four has had is the story has increasingly gotten to be not about the Elite Four. It's like a side project. <laughs> right, because like in uh, Red and Blue, the Elite Four is the plot. It's the ultimate goal. It's where you're going to be, to be the very best and uh, make Gary smell your socks. <laughs> <laughs> in those words, exactly, yes. <laughs> But, but um, not the case in the other games. And it's no accident that you fight Gary at the end. Mm. Because the whole entire point <laughs> is to go 
fight the league and become the champion. And Gary, through the entire game, is stopping you and fighting you and wants to be the very best. And then at the end, at the end of it all, you have a Pokemon battle to decide who is the very best. Ooh, I like that. But well, then sorry, you I like that into- formula, but but I think you're right. I think if the further and further they've gone away from that, the, the Leaf War has become a little more redundant, I guess. Yeah, or- like you go into uh, Diamond and Pearl and uh, you save the universe from being <laughs> unmade and capture a god <laughs> and then you go and fight the water gym and go to the elite four it's like a victory lap <laughs> i mean that's why they call it victory road i guess <laughs> um <laughs> or you have uh sword and shield where the plot desperately wants you to go off and like solve the mystery of the giant pokemon but also, but all the characters are like, oh, well, you got to go get the next gym badge so you can go take <laughs> on the league. And it's like, but I, but adventure. And they're adventure. like, no, 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 that's for adults. No. You go and get that gym badge right now because you need to get like eight of those. Like, geez, you better hurry up. Yeah, what are you wasting time trying to protect people for? You know? Yeah, like. Kind of... Um. um yeah, Wait, so I, I was gonna say something. Uh, yeah, go ahead. I guess, I guess, I guess to kind of close out this part, um, you're saying that there's that's definitely another thing that they could change, and it probably wouldn't be the end of the world for a lot of people. I think that what they could change, and then this is again, when I say change, I don't mean get rid of it because I still really like the formula, but mm-hmm. we could play with it a little bit more. You know, they already did that with Black and White, where the conclusion of the villain team saga happens at the Pokemon League as they, like, try to take over the government. It makes so much sense. Like, I I don't know. I feel like that one, not maybe not from a story. I mean, you can say what you want about the story, but from, like, a game design perspective to have, like, your culmination of the, the bad guys that you're facing throughout the whole thing and your quest intertwine at the end i think that's pretty pretty I, I i think that and that ties into what i'm about to say in that what if we had a pokemon game where we have the villain team and they all the villain team always has these like admins you know yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they just they're just the elite four <laughs> yeah what if yeah the admins are just the elite four and the champion is uh you know the giovanni the giovanni. uh leader of the uh team and then you capture the legendary pokemon as the big finale and are proclaimed the pokemon champion i think what if what if we had a pokemon (laughs) game where the where the pokemon league was corrupt and was the enemy team i I love that because you could do like small stuff like like some like dumb like fee just to join or like before you fight every gym you have to pay a fee and they're like, where's this money going to? <laughs> yeah. You know, like there, there's ways you can play with it without toss. You know, you don't have to toss the good stuff out with the bad, yeah. but like you can change things up, keep the winning formula and keep it fresh. I think mm. is probably what I'm working towards. I, I, uh, I really like that. Uh, okay. We're, we're going to continue on here. Um, well, this one, I'm just going to say quick thing uh and 
and this segment's gonna be probably the fastest um pokemon no you cannot take out pokemon from the pokemon game okay no that that would kind of go against what i was talking about variety early (laughs) (laughs) yeah i'm not gonna get much more into it but i i thought i mean it is an element right these monsters um that are are kind of subject to trainers um you know that that could be played with you know maybe you could be a pokemon and just have a let's just call pokemon mystery dungeon uh, I guess so. I guess you're right. I guess you're right. <laughs> Pokemon Mystery Dungeon that plays like like a Pokemon mainline game where the Pokemon have their own gym gym leaders they have to face. I don't know. Uh definitely definitely I mean, I I mean the whole point of this was for it to be a quick section. It's yeah. you can't really take out that that realm. I think that's probably one that has to stay. Um okay, uh another thing that I guess you know, so I think I think we've kind of gone over the main. I think most of the main concepts in the games, right? We could talk about legendaries, but I don't think they are like I think there will always be legendaries, but they don't necessarily make or break the game. Um, uh, <laughs> I'm going to slightly disagree. Ooh, interesting. Legendaries are very important for the game. Um, especially how they are implemented. Continue. <laughs> so I think when we want to talk about legendaries, it's important to look at the very first ones. Mm-hmm. Look at their implementation and understand what they exist for. A legendary is a reward. Legendaries are very different from other Pokemon because uh, when you... And there's re- it's also why legendaries never evolve. There's just they're no. Also, they're already the ultimate. <laughs> they're already at the pinnacle because they are themselves a reward. There's not an effort. Once you have the legendaries, there's not an effort to make it usable or anything like that. They are good out of the box. And that's very important for their design because if we look at the original uh, legendaries, we have Mewtwo. Uh, Moltres, Zapdos, and Articuno. Where are they located? Well, you have Mewtwo in the Cerulean Cave at the end of a very long uh, dungeon full of high-level Pokemon. You have Articuno uh, in the Seafoam Isles. Uh, You have to solve uh, a block-pushing puzzle pretty complex one for the time to uh reach it zapdos is in an optional area moltres moltres is in victory road i think yeah i can never remember where moltres is in the first one moltres was hidden in victory road yeah but they're all hidden they're things you you have to either overcome a challenge or solve a puzzle or really hunt for to find Mm-hmm. And then when you find them, you have to catch them, which is always much more difficult for other Pokemon because to get into Pokemon catching mechanics, legendaries have a much smaller catch chance than a regular Pokemon. Like, yeah, my they're... my favorite part when when I am catching a Pokemon is the challenge of catching legendaries because, like, if I'm just catching regular Pokemon, that can get a bit tiresome sometimes <laughs> yeah you know they'll always say like oh you know bring their hp low paralyze them put them to sleep and i just chuck ultra balls at max hp pokemon until they submit because it's like a 30 percent chance 
No, for sure, for sure. Um, like, meanwhile, that does not work for legendaries. <laughs> and um, they're also, you know, legendaries. So if you're facing them on level, this whole long struggle to bring them down and capture them, they're also just like destroying your right team here. if you're not yeah. careful. It's You're managing keeping your team alive while also capturing the Pokemon you've got roaming legendaries who are uh you've got to pin them down that's Uh, that's a whole other story but um no i think i think it it fits into this you know like it's (laughs) part of the struggle you have to pin them down and uh use special pokemon or moves or items to keep them from leaving (laughs) sorry master ball (laughs) i mean you only get one that's true. That's true. I mean, um, unless you I want trade to, for others. I want to mention this because you brought it up. Um, I think that might be one thing that some of the newer games are missing is these like secret areas. Like I don't oh, think Oh, definitely. Dragon Sword and Shield some more, which is what I was building towards. <laughs> Sword and Shield does not have optional legendaries in the main game. Like you can't discover anything. Like there's there's not a lot of discovery. I think the most you, you capture the that, wireframe dragon and the and the dog, and that's it. That's all the new legendaries before DLC in Sword and Shield. And like the Pokemon that you capture in Sword and sorry in, it's like okay, so so even in the expansion, like you kind of have to chase down Pokemon, but there isn't necessarily like hidden areas, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. That's a huge missed opportunity. That, I mean, that's I, I think it's a little bit of the fault of, of almost everything being too mapped out. Um, sometimes like, I feel like sometimes you should, I shouldn't be able to look at the map and be like, Oh, there's clearly something here. Like I want there to be stuff where it's like you're randomly going and then you find something, you know, like that doesn't really happen in the newer games. And I think that might be a core element that they've kind of gone away from, which I think is great. I think it's great when I like, for instance, especially like kind of in the mid games because of the previous games that I played, there'd be a feeling of like, especially if I haven't read up on anything, right. Where it's like, I don't know where this is going, but there's probably going to be some prize at the end of this like complex, you know, tunnel system. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, and there's nothing really like that in the newer games. I think in the newer games, like I've, I've had times where I've explored and been like, Oh, Oh, I, okay. I guess, I guess uh, there's, there's a random Pokemon that pop up at certain times of the day, which is kind of cool, but there's nothing like, Oh, a set Pokemon is hiding somewhere. Um, yeah. That I, I think- can't find. I think the pinnacle of hidden area Pokemon is the Reggies in Sapphire and Ruby. Yeah, I think I think you're right. You have to go down a uh, route that you never need to go down, uh, navigate a whirlpool puzzle to an area you don't know exists. <laughs> um, to and then learn Braille. <laughs> yeah, then you have to learn Braille to go catch a Pokemon you've probably never seen before because it's so freaking rare. (laughs) (laughs) God, catching a Rolicanth just takes so long. Um, (laughs) And now you can just get them in every single game in the the future of the franchise. You have to level a Whale Lord, then you have to set up your party correctly, and that just opens the front door. Then you have to... (laughs) remember well, no, where like, you and, saw like, com- the c- compare that to the reggies in literally sword and shield expansion where it's like 
Okay, yes, they kept the the braille or like the the puzzles part of it, but there's just kind of like three giant doors that you that you you can't really miss. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you drive around and there's like the map and you can kind of be like, oh, okay, literally this is where this ancient temple is. Wow. You know? <laughs> yeah, like uh, you saw the Reggie's resting places as you explored the game. Maybe not Reggie Ice's. That one's a bit out of the way. Mm-hmm. But Regirock and Registeel are pretty on the main path. Um, but you didn't know what they were. No, of course. You, they looked significant. There's no, n- none of them have like a sign out front that says, <laughs> go to the underwater route surrounded <laughs> by rapids. There you shall find the key to open my door. Like, none of that. There's no NPCs that are just like, man, I sure do love Braille. Hey, did you see the Braille underwater on the route? <laughs> none um, of it's signposted. It's beautiful. So when you, like, catch More them, mystery. I, I think, like, what this boils down to is not feeding everything and more mystery. Oh, definitely. Uh, like, these are ancient creatures of myth. Like, you know... Not everyone on the street should be like, oh, yeah, you know, that's where the creator of the world (laughs) hangs out, just over in the garden (laughs) over there. Yeah. If only someone would catch him. Uh, None of us are up to it. It's just like... (sighs) Well, I mean, and this is one thing, especially with the kind of wild area or like that type of gameplay. And and I think we can maybe talk about the element of... um, the top-down view versus like the more traditional game view, which they're kind of implementing now. Yeah. Uh, I, I would think like you, I think in a lot of times I would think that, that this new view would actually add to exploring the world. And I think there is some kind of sense, a little bit of sense of wonder, but surprisingly enough, I think the, the, would the gameplay think, is, Oh, <laughs> you yeah. would think that, uh, adding camera control would add to the exploration of the world. I feel like an isometric view, which is the fixed camera perspective from the top, um, offers much more mysterious exploration because when you control the camera, you can hide, you can hide things from people. Mm. Um, take for example, uh, Let's say you're in, let's say I wanted to add a secret path in Viridian Woods that would lead to a glade where you could catch Celebi, for example. Okay. Um, if I'm in an isometric view, I could slightly, I could increase the spacing between trees or like, um, discolor a tree and not signpost at all that there's a that there's a path between two trees but uh maybe have like a blue tree in a glade and uh, a book on the other side of the world reads that like uh those who go north from the blue tree can uh find find themselves stumbling through time or something like that if you go north from the blue tree and you press up against the wall you'll you find a hidden path there, for example. Um, maybe, you know, maybe you know, the path doesn't open until you read the book. <laughs> Just to prevent people from early games stumbling into it. Uh, but 
if you're in with isometric, I can hide that. I can hide that uh, route entirely. Mm-hmm. But with camera control, you can't. No, especially the way it's designed. It's like you're, it's pretty obvious where you're allowed or not allowed to go. You know? Exactly. Like, you're kind of, and if there's a secret path, you kind of see it almost right away. Yeah, a secret path needs to be like you would have to, uh, you know, drum on the uh, blue tree to then cause a cutscene to play that opens a path. Opposite, uh, yeah. But even then, it would almost certainly look like there's a path there that's closed. I think I think it's a good yeah I think I think for me more than anything is I think as well and I think this is something that I guess we haven't really talked about but for that kind of sense of exploration and wonder to be opened up from that uh you know I can control the camera point of view I think the reality is that the the stage is way too small for that right I think yeah, if you look you, at the expansions and the wild area, the relative size of those compared to any open world game, shall we say, is tiny. You know, oh, like, definitely. <laughs> um, I think, I I think the crux of my argument though is, in order for exploration to really work and be meaningful, there needs to be roadblocks and there there needs to be a way to corral the player mm-hmm. um i think a really good because every, everyone who talks about open world exploration is going to talk about breath of the wild yeah i think one of the best standout examples of exploring an area is uh coming to zora's domain mm-hmm uh, for those, I'm, I'm going to go on a little brief tangent no, about no, no Zelda worries, no here. Um, for those who haven't played Breath of the Wild, I'm going to keep things in general. Play Breath of the Wild is a great game. Um, there's a couple very interesting things they do. First, there is the trigger. So, uh, the Zora's Domain is located in the bottom right quarter of the map, basically. That's like the Zora area. And uh, as you approach that quarter uh, from any direction that is coming from Hyrule Field, there's like five different almost landmines of conversations where you will interact with a Zora who will direct you to go to Zora's domain because you're like the person the prince is looking for. Mm. so it's it's open world but it's corralling you nicely into certain areas not not quite yet for this Mm. is just the bait for the trap (laughs) (laughs) because uh the whole thing that's happening with zora's domain is uh the big divine beast is causing trouble by causing it to always rain Mm -hmm. and in breath of the wild you basically cannot climb things when it's raining uh, it's almost impossible. Like you'll climb a few feet up and then you'll lose your grip and slip. Mm-hmm. Uh, really skilled players can like climb a couple things, but overall mountain climbing is impossible. So as you go to find the prince, there's only one route you can get into Zor's domain on. And as, because all the others will have you trying to climb mountains that you cannot climb. 
And as you, you go down that down, path, though. you can fly down. I did huh? that. Sorry. You can. So if you, <laughs> I mean, if yeah, you, you get really like catapult yourself into the sky. <laughs> But like ninety nine percent of players are gonna walk over the bridge and walk through walk through the uh, massive combat challenge they have prepped for you. I kind of floated down. Sorry, I have to keep going though. <laughs> <laughs> I just ignored it. I, I got fed up of di- dying to all these uh, electric bullets. Uh, okay, arrows. for the for the people who don't fly down, there's a really cool <laughs> combat gauntlet with like just so many lizards with electric arrows. Um, yeah. And you're battling in the rain. You can't climb anything, so you can't, like, exit the area. And then you finally break through and you get to Zora's Domain. And you still feel like you got to Zora's Domain. For sure, for sure. This isn't, you know, the fact that they took, I mean, unless you're Robert and you managed to fly down. I mean that's that's the beauty of open world games. You can literally do anything, especially that game. You can literally do anything. But but yeah, I mean even then, like you did that as a reaction to the not limits that were to placed beat. on you. Yeah, yeah. Not being able to beat the 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 the, the challenge. Yeah, that was an <laughs> alternate way for you to beat that challenge. Basically, like I mean, you can even beat the challenge by sneaking through, pretty much. I I guess I did the equivalent of that kind of. Yeah. <laughs> um. You still have options, but uh. They they take stuff away from you because you know if you removed all that and you just like found Zora's domain, mm-hmm. um, we don't have to look for. I mean, it, it's like finding the Rito Village, <laughs> like the Rito Village, same game. Basically, nothing prevents you from going there. <laughs> <laughs> there there's no roadblocks. Nobody stops you. Nobody's just like. In order to join the bird village, you need to be able to uh, <laughs> defeat an ancient Lionel on top of the Hill of Prophecy. No, they just let you in and you go shoot targets and you're at the dungeon. Like, it's 10 minutes in and out. Uh, <laughs> but uh, with Zora's Domain and Gerudo uh, Village and uh, Goron Town, there's challenges that prevent you from having full freedom of movement and and exploration but it still makes explore exploring and finding your way in meaningful and that i guess that's one of the biggest things that pokemon needs to find themselves with i think from from that part of the game yeah um if you want to go if you want to stay isometric they have the isometric uh thing nailed i think trying to go more 3d is most of what went wrong with sword and shield Mm -hmm. um but you know we'll get into sun and moon but sun and moon does a lot handles a lot of stuff really well um but if you want to go wild area if you want to go pokemon's legends arceus (laughs) you know that sort of setup requires a lot more world interaction for one thing yeah because there's very little, surprisingly, in uh, the wild area. You know, for a series that's dominated by these HMs that allow you to fly surf, go up waterfalls, rock climb, push giant boulders, um, clear fog. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, for all these things, there isn't a lot of that in the wild area. Uh, which is 
a bit of a shame because, you know, there's a lot you can do with that sort of thing if that's what they want to pursue. So um, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, I believe there's a demo for Pokemon Legends Arceus coming out that will hopefully address that sort of thing. Yeah, and I mean, I think that game itself will be a weird mix of main game, not main game, you know. I'm it, very interested to see what the gameplay loop for that is because I'm, you know, we've only seen one trailer. It's hard to that's true, hard to that's really true. make out what's going on there yet. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think I think you're right. Uh, so yeah, I think I think we've okay. You know, my my one question is: there any other loops? I mean, we can we can talk a little bit about. Well, I'm just quickly going to mention them. Uh, I don't know if we necessarily have to go into detail, but. Um, you know the the catching Pokemon loop. Uh, I know the Let's Go Eevee, Let's Go Pikachu games kind of played around with that a little bit. Um, yeah, they tried to make it more like uh, Pokemon Go. Yeah, yeah. So th- those are all things that I mean could be experimented with. I don't think they're changing anytime soon, though. I'd argue. I think they're probably keeping the regular format. I don't really see an instant of them changing it. Um, I would like to see. Um, upgraded Safari Zone because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I always like the Safari Zone for having an area where you have to do a different thing to catch very unique Pokemon because it's you know it's not you know I beat things up and use my Ultra Balls to capture everything. Haha, <laughs> I win. You have to use Safari Balls, which are basically just Pokeballs. So your chances of capturing are not great, um, <laughs> but you have to, depending on the Pokemon's temperament, what type of Pokemon you're trying to catch, you have to adjust your strategies of like. Uh, you can feed them food, which makes them more likely to stick around, but uh, harder to catch. You can throw rocks, which will make them angry, easier to catch, but they might run away. Um, but, like, you know, expand that out. Like, maybe we have, like, Pokemon trapping, you know? Like, <laughs> you know, like, not not like lethal traps or anything like that. Uh, heavens no, but... Uh, um stuff like uh you know i want to catch a shelter so i'll set up an aquatic trap with uh this berry because i know shelters really like that i'll put that in and uh oh well i don't want to disturb the area because i just want shelter to wander into the trap so i'm going to go off to this other area to try to bag myself a uh uh i don't know uh a tailo <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, and I think I think that's definitely a, a space that can be explored. I guess my last question to you, Matt, here. Okay, my last question here. Okay, is there is there a thing you see like if, of all these things we mentioned, or maybe some things we even didn't mention about core elements of the game? Um, is there something that you think, like, what would be the thing you think people was would be the most mad about if you took away from catching the main games? Pokemon? So if there was no catching Pokemon, yeah, I mean or, that ties into our specifically central... the type you're talking. Well, because I mean, like with that idea, there was a lot just... of people upset about the uh, Pokemon Let's Pokemon Go. Go, which is so interesting. I mean, you know, maybe I, I don't want to, I don't want to give too much away here, but I, I really like it. Um, 
but that's also because I miss the the let's go train. You know what I mean? Yeah. So to me, it's a completely new mechanic, and as a repetitive loop, I actually prefer it over damaging Pokemon until they're weak and then throwing a Pokeball. Um, but that's also me who didn't play Pokemon, you know, uh, Pokemon Go. So I think I have a very different perspective than most on that. So I actually got uh, Let's Go Eevee like recently, and I, I've really enjoyed it. And you know, I'll probably mention this in the Sword and Shield game. But I think from Polish perspective, it's such a nicer looking game. Um, oh, I mean, yeah, I mean, that, that goes without saying. <laughs> and it came out two years earlier. Uh, so that's, <laughs> you know, that's that's maybe I'll, I'll save that for my sword and shield. But yeah, I, I think so. That's the thing you think people are like, OK, we, we don't touch this. They're never going to change that. Yeah. Um, I mean, it also ties into, I mean, just because it's something that they shouldn't touch doesn't mean they haven't tried to touch it before. Um <laughs> Like, I think one big thing was, and this ties into catching, is uh, the whole National Dex debate. Mm-hmm. People got really, and honestly, understandably upset about that. Yeah. Um, Because Game Freak was basically just coming out and saying, you cannot catch them all. Uh. And, you know, Game Freak came out and they're like, oh, you know, this is to help us make higher quality animations, which was maybe not the best justification to use when you look at Sword and Shield's animations. (laughs) There's a lot of, uh, you know, rotate the model physically. Like, oh, God, there's a very pivotal scene. This this is why I maintain that that Let's Go is... Like, Let's Go looks so polished compared to that. And I know it's a remake of a remake, right, essentially. Is that true? No, it's just the first remake. Yeah, but it's just it's, a remake. It's still... No Sevy Islands. There is so... Like, it, it feels... I don't know if they work more on it. I don't know what was going on, but it feels like a way more polished game. So, the thing to remember about Pokemon, and I, <laughs> you know, I rag on Sword and Shield, but I think it's also a victim of this, is... Pokemon is more than just the next game. Like I think the two I think the two year time gap and the amount of money they make is actually a problem for the quality of the games at this point. Like Yeah, because <laughs> they have to keep out. a schedule because the anime is coming out and mm. you know they're making merchandise and they're selling it. Like Pokemon is so big that this machine cannot cannot slow down now they make so much money they could get they could have a giant development team to just crank out content like um there's a mobile game called uh genshin impact yeah that has like a 100 million dollar yearly budget (laughs) And they produce new content every six weeks on the dime. They are not late a day. And that's why they're so successful. I think that's probably one of the biggest games right now, right? Yeah. That, again, they could afford that $100 million budget. And Pokemon could do it too. <laughs> and probably. yeah, Pokemon could do that. Pokemon is so big. Like, you know, we think the Avenger movies are big. The Avenger movies are nothing compared to the yearly domestic gross of the Pokemon franchise. 
across anime, across merchandise, across video games, Pokemon, across trading cards. Pokemon makes so much money. And the games are such an integral part of how this ecosystem churns that the fact that they're not reinvesting that money is very disappointing. Hmm. Yeah. Um, but until they invest that money, it it is something we have to understand that like, that's probably why sword and shields quality suffered because we don't know how long they were working on let's go because they were under basically no time crunch for let's go. I think that was the difference. It, it, like it feels like sword and shield. They had significantly less time to work on it. Like that's, and they're trying to do a lot of new things. Um, yeah, exactly. I, so I, I think more than anything, that's, that's the thing. And I, I mean, some of these things, like we have to also remember that, even if you had so many more, there's certain core parts of the game that like can't be rushed. Right. Like when you're coming up with ideas and stuff, it's like, you kind of have to solidify them and, and you, you can't just be like, okay, we have 300, 400 more people. We're all of a sudden, we're going to all have like a, a good, clear idea of what we're going to do this, this project, you know, like sometimes that like concept. Yeah. Part makes time. And you know, even something like the national decks, if, if they said, you know, if they came out and said, look, we're not going to have all the Pokemon in the game, but the animations are high quality and the animations were, I'd have no problem with it. They just, you know, they yeah. like, if it was like, you know, there's a lot of Pokemon. I feel for that. You know, I can, I can say, yeah, you know, it is a bit of a ridiculous task to have to model these 800 Pokemon and give them all uh, animation rigs for 600 attacks. Yeah, that is a bit silly. That's, um, that's the kind of work that no matter what, if you had more, like if you just hired more people, you could get done, you know? Like oh, it's yeah. not like, it's not stuff that's that has to wait for the rest of the game. It's it's stuff that can be worked on simultaneously. But yeah, I mean, even then, like, if they're just like, you know, this, you know, not every region needs to have every Pokemon. Um, if they have a region, the animations are high quality, the models are beautiful, no one will care. Um, you know, there'll be no. some people grumbling. There's always people grumbling. But there wouldn't have been such a backlash. So um yeah. I think that's you know, and that ties into the whole changing how catching Pokemon works. Because if you restrict what pe- what Pokemon people can catch and there's nothing that really is gained from that decision from the customer perspective. People are going to be upset. Yeah. Yeah. And fairly so. Fairly so. Oh, definitely. I mean, uh, like some of the vitriol <laughs> got a bit much at times, oh, but no, like, of I mean, and listen, listen, and like as much as like, we're all like, Oh, Pokemon home. They're just like, you know, forcing Pokemon home a little bit and stuff like that. There's another part of me that's like, okay, Pokemon home 20 bucks a year is not the end of the world. <laughs> You know, I don't know. I mean, I would argue twenty dollars a year for keeping a text file is a bit much, but that's <laughs> just my software engineer operations uh, mind no, no, okay, kind of yeah. doing I, I the mental I guess math. You're right? I guess you're definitely right on that. Um, I guess like <laughs> the ability to trade, though, right? Like these programs that that give you like the ability to trade essentially and organize in a nice way isn't. I mean. I actually could say something about the ability to organize being a bit better, but um, <laughs> I like, you know, I guess everyone looks at it like a money grab and um, 
I guess at this point, like the thing is, once you have that in place, you don't really have to do much, right? <laughs> like, yeah, like maybe, maybe that's a, the big thing. It's yeah. a bit of a money grab, you know. It, it, the price isn't super fair, but it's not so far off of the realistic price that because nobody's going to offer a yearly service for three dollars. No, that might be the fair price, but like nobody's going to because no, they know people are going to pay twenty bucks. Because yeah. twenty bucks a year is nothing. Agreed, if it's twenty dollars yeah. a month, we'd be having a different conversation. Well, I mean, and like now that the changes happened, I think most people have, have have just dealt with it, you know, as opposed to like, yeah, exactly. It, it, when it when it happened, it very much felt a lot worse than it was, but or maybe rightly so. Um, I'm going to leave it at that. I think for our episode today, Matt. Uh, so we went over kind of core elements of the games and and. Uh, you start we start off with that uh core elements in general in all pokemon games but then specifically the mainline games and then uh, yeah i kind of like where we went with it um so yeah i think i think we'll close it here any any final thoughts any final things you want to say matt i think i might need to get therapy about sword and shield because we keep coming back there <laughs> Well, I feel at this point we've built it. Like it's kind of it's slowly becoming a storyline in our show that what our revisit, which it might happen soon, might not. You know, depending <laughs> if Tristan's able to make it next week or next time around. Uh, but we're we're hoping we'll get to you the the sun and moon experience next time, and then and then possibly the sword and shield revisit. So there you go. Stuff to look forward to. Stuff to look forward to. Uh. All right, everyone. Have a good one. Have a great time. And uh, we'll see you when you see you. Bye-bye. See you.